that's our signature. Welcome to Silhouette TV podcast. Yes. So wait, David, what's your full name? My name is um, David Ben David. No, it is <laughs> David Ben Ari. <laughs> yes. Well, it's a beautiful last name. And oh, well, I think you. I think I would know that by now, right? We've done like 40 episodes together. I you know what? Yes. I wouldn't blame you. You know, who knows last names anymore? It's true. That's very true. Yes. Who knows last names anymore? Everyone knows Instagram handles. I mean, well, so ours would be Jersey Boys Love uh, 1963, right? 1963, Obviously. Exactly. Of course. <laughs> so because this is Silhouette's JB podcast, and I am Giga Doxy, and we are the deepest dive into Jersey Boys one can ever take, both the Broadway show at a Tony Award winning musical, um, of course, and the movie directed by Clint Eastwood. And today we have a dream interview with one of the people I admire so much in the world. Today we have Renee Marino in where, TV? In the Zoom studio. <laughs> yes, we do. And of course we have our, our, our wonderful intro that we always want to give our guests to make them feel as welcome as possible and to give you more background on this Jersey Boys legend. So David, take it away. Listen, the world is truly your oyster, right? And timing is everything. So we got Renee Marino in the Zoom studio tonight. She took life by the Corleones and she said, <laughs> I want to be a performer. And she did it. Right. She's been on Broadway in Jersey Boys as Mary Delgado and took the rest of the U.S. by the balls when she toured the country in Jersey Boys as Mary Delgado, as well as countless other credits, such as the Broadway productions of Pretty Woman, which Gia and David, me, us both saw, (laughs) Chaplin, Wonderland and West Side Story, as well as swinging in the 25th anniversary tour of Cats. And she toured the country as a featured performer and understudy of Sharpay Evans in the national tour of High School Musical, The Musical, one of Gia's all-time favorite Disney movies and yes. shows. And Drew Seeley, you know. Ma, love you. Yes. Love you. Love you. So it's a Broadway whole exactly. thing. Yes. <laughs> She's done a slew of regional theater and even performed her own solo cabaret show and starred in the movie adaptation of the show that brings all of us here together today, Jersey Boys as Mary Delgado. She did it. She did it. (laughs) And over the last year and a half, maybe the time might be a little bit more, uh, she pulled off of hashtag pandemic pivot, which all of us had to do, into being a communication coach. And she even co-hosted the World Summit last year alongside leaders of the industry with Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, and Jenna Kutcher, to name a few. She was handpicked by Tony Robbins as the winner of his comeback challenge. And she won a trip to his private resort in Fiji. Amazing. And along with all of that, she also has a book coming out. Okay, she has a book. If you follow her Instagram, you see how hard she works on this book. And it's called Becoming a Master Communicator, which she is going to tell us all about. And along with all of that, um, (laughs) there's so much more. Um, It's going to hit bookstores near you and online everywhere at the end of the year. She is a private and group coach, and she will help take your communication skills to the next level. We all can definitely use some tweaking in that area, I think. And we cannot wait to talk about the movie and her new career and everything. So please welcome Renee Marino, and please welcome our co-host for the evening and fellow producer, Howard Tucker. Thank you so much. Hi, all. Shalom, shalom. Hey, shalom. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Shabbat Shalom. It, good thing is good thing. Yes. 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 Well, it's so great 
so great to be here with you all. Thank you for this. This is going to be fun. Thank you. We We're so excited to have you. We're so excited yes. to have you here. Well, there's so much to go over, Renee, because you are so accomplished, but you are one of the kindest people in any industry, honestly. And everyone we talked to at Katie O'Toole, who is one of your best friends, Sarah Schmidt, yes. everyone looks up to you so much. And, oh. and so do I, honestly, since 2014. I actually had the honor of, for everyone who knows, I had the honor of meeting Renee <laughs> a few years ago after Pretty Women. She was against Captain. She's amazing. Because I, I feel like, I like I I would love to have a similar path, um, career path as you because I started as a dancer as well. I still am, and I'm actually a, a motivational speaker right now for middle schoolers and high schoolers. Yeah, across all five boroughs. Which I is love great. that. So, yes, it's great. I would love to really hear what you have to say and, and kind of fine tune all those skills because that's what you're an expert at doing, which is incredible. And so, and Howard has a lot of stories, of course, with you from the past because Howard Tucker, of course, he is our man. He wrote for the Jersey Boys blog and he has all the experiences from Jersey Boys from 2004 until now, which David and I just haven't had because we haven't moved to New York <laughs> until a few years ago. So Howard, please begin and say whatever you would like to say about well, thank our amazing you. guest. Thank you, Renee, great to see you. And you know something I can't pinpoint when you and I first met, usually I can with people, but I know that I saw you in Jersey Boys and I also remember very clearly when we first really talked, I think at Miles Aubrey's concert back in 2013. Yes. And that's where we met Mike. And it was right outside the theater. You recognized me before I recognized you. And it was funny. There were two people that did. You did and Nate Cherick did. Everybody else <laughs> sort of made, made a clean getaway. But um, <laughs> it, it really was great. Um, and, and thank you. You've been so gracious over the years. And of course, um, the big story, of course, is when you and John Lloyd Young, and you didn't really give me a clear answer on this. You and John Lloyd Young at that brunch back right before the pandemic, I think it was in January 2020. And you yeah. both walked in together to a lot of applause. And then JLY pointed at me, looked at you, you know, Howard, we were just talking about you. And neither you nor John will tell me what you talked about. You know, well, you Howard, know. I don't remember. I'm telling you, you have I you have my dream memory because you remember details and times and dates. And I remember walking into the room with JLY, but I have no idea what we said. It was obviously love. Now uh, I do want to um, give you Gary Newberg's regards. And we we spoke for a while and yeah we talked about you today and i do remember what we said unlike yeah. you, uh, you do I, well now i want to know you can't leave me hanging and um you grew up in the linden new jersey area and yes. i grew up in clifton but um after my mother passed away when i was 17 my father uh sold the house and we moved to elizabeth which neighbors was, yes yeah. which was neighbors and um, I had a client in Linden on Style Street, and we used to go to Big Stash's restaurant, which you recognized yesterday. Oh, yes, the pierogies. I always no, got pierogies no. there. Uh -huh. yes. Pierogies. I, I can't remember really exactly what I want. Let me give you a couple other things in common. You went to Wagner College in Staten Island, where I live. Yes. And yes. Um, our friend Charlie Romo also went to Wagner College. And yes. Charlie is a huge fan of yours. In fact, um, we, we saw him last week and I'm going to see him on Thursday night singing. 
So wow. Anyway. Tell him I said hello and thank you. Oh, I, I already did from last night. We <laughs> oh, already perfect. Talk, talked about you today. Not a lot of grass grows under my feet here. And um, and you I want to hear about Miss Union County too. Uh, because I'm just gonna add that one of my friend's granddaughters is in the Miss America program. And um, you know, my girlfriend and I attended the Miss Staten Island pageant before the mm -hmm. pandemic. And I understand she entered this year again and was third runner up. So wow. um, so talk to me a little bit. Tell me about Miss Union County. Wow. How, Howard is bringing it back. <laughs> Miss Union County, that was 2002. I was a junior in college. I was a junior at Wagner. And yeah, I wanted to, I had done pageants when I was like young, young, really just so I could be in the dance portion and dance for my talent. But I decided to join the pageant in 2002 because I was like, this will be fun. Like, this will be great. You know, it's, I mean, it's just a, a great outlet. And I ended up winning, which was amazing. And I remember I sang In His Eyes from Jekyll and Hyde for my talent. Oh, and, nice. okay. and then I, and then I ended up playing the role of Lucy Harris my senior year at Wagner. So I got to sing oh, it, which was awesome. Perfect. Foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah. And then I went to the actual Miss New Jersey pageant in Atlantic City. And it was incredible. Like I had the best time with the girls. I ended up winning Miss Congeniality. Woo! And I oh, ended up. Wow, that's terrific. Yeah, and I, I ended up winning the um, academic award, which nice. was I was really proud of for my academic excellence in school. Nice. So it was a really, really incredible experience. So happy that I did it. Uh, you know, there's there's so so much stigma attached to pageants, and just like anything else, you guys, it's the person you could you know it's right. the person that you put into the environment how they're going to react. It's not always this is how it is pageants or this and that it's like no 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 put the person in that environment and see how they react so for me it was super positive i had a great time and that was yes my junior year of college one other comment and then i'll let my buddies take over here uh the movie premiere you and i took a beautiful or i thought it was a beautiful picture together and you remember <laughs> when we posted it and steve w posted you know so Renee, this is what you left Frankie for or who you left Frankie <laughs> for. And it, it got a few laughs. Yes. And, um, all right. So um, great, great to see you again. And yes, you too, Howard. great movie premiere as well. And it was it was good to see you. You were really Miss Congeniality there, although I did sit <laughs> right in front of Candace Bergen, who was runner up in uh, Miss Congeniality. Very, very nice. Wow. It's all full circle. Yeah, seriously. Well, I have a follow-up right away with, so when you were saying how, like, put the person in the environment, you know, I feel like you are definitely that person who never changes themselves when you walk into a room to kind of adapt and make people comfortable. Like, you walk in with your, with your positive energy and you let everybody else gravitate toward you, and then they end up becoming happier in the process. So, like, oh. were you, it's true, and that, that's Thank how everyone, you. absolutely, I, I, I was, I, I'm not gonna lie, it's been a really rough day, but I was, I, I was like, we're talking to Renee. Like this is a dream, and she's gonna make everyone just feel wonderful. <laughs> it's true, and that's what we all try to achieve. But was there ever a time, especially when you're going into auditions, where you feel like you have to not not change yourself, but find certain adaptations to make people feel comfortable? You know, how do you find the balance between doing those things? 
That's a great, great question, Gia. And first and foremost, I believe that what is most important in life is always, always, always staying true to yourself all the time. It doesn't matter where you are, who you're with, you are who you are. And I think it's so important to stay true to that person because especially in the business of performing, it's so easy to think, oh my goodness, they're looking for someone who um, has blonde hair. Let me dye my hair. Oh, I need to be 20 pounds lighter. Let me lose 20 pounds. Oh, they need 20 pounds heavier. Let me gain some weight. It's, it's like, it can be such a slippery slope. So if you don't have a strong grasp and hold on who you truly are authentically from your spirit, that's where problems arise. And right. to answer your question, the, the first step is, is knowing who you are and just vowing to bring that person wherever you go. And when you walk into an audition room, sure, sometimes, um, you know, it's, it's a different character than you would play. Like if I'm going in for a role, that's the complete opposite of Mary Delgado. Sure. It could be tempting to think, okay, I have to go in and I'm playing the ingenue. So I'm going to walk in really ingenue-esque, but the people behind the table want to see the real you. Right. And the best actors in the world, let's just use acting, are the ones who bring themselves to the role. It's not the ones that you're just watching act. Those are the ones that we often say like, oh, that was kind of miscast. But if you know how to bring yourself to the role, well, that's golden. And if if that's not what the people behind the table are looking for, then so be it. But I can assure you that they're going to remember you and they're going to think of you maybe for another project or for, for something else. Exactly. Um, Thank you. So true. Yes. And from personal experience too, like that's it. And, and you might bring something brand new to that character that the writers might even think of because you're still in development too. 100%. Yeah. Have you found that that, that happened to you in the past, but not even just with an audition, but with, with anyone you've talked to or any, anyone that you were looking to work with? Well, it's, it's funny, you know, like I've had such a, you know, I've been so blessed to be in rooms with incredible people of all wakes of life, right? Like from performers, directors, producers, um, now in my field, like knowledge experts. And even when I hosted the world summit, right? People are like, oh my God, you're going to meet Tony Robbins, right? And you're going to be on stage with Dean Graziosi. And it's like, yeah, it's amazing but I'm the same person. Right. And when I went to California, I'll never forget this. When I went to go do the film, you know, it was my first film, never did anything besides musical theater. And a few people were like, don't let LA change you like joking. And I'm like, right. are you kidding me? Do you know who I am? Like, right. I might change LA. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I might change LA, but LA is not going to change me because I, you know, my parents instilled in me a lot of wonderful morals. And, and as you know, from my one woman show, one of those is to always stay true to yourself. And I think it's just, so, it's just such an important lesson for everyone, no matter who you are and what you do in life, because at the end of the day, we are in this digitally saturated culture where people put filters on everything and they put up their highlight reels where they show their best pictures and their best moments, which makes other people go into comparison mode, which makes you feel bad about yourself. And then you think that you have to like put on a show and it becomes very easy to lose a sense of who you are. So for me, that's like first and foremost. And I say this all the time, but nothing impresses me more than a truly genuine human being. Yeah. Nothing. 
Can I make Thank two you. comments here, Renee? And one of yes. them might rebut a little bit of what you said, but um, two interviews. Maya Bialik, um, right as she was uh, guest hosting Jeopardy, gave a little bit of an interview on when she got beaches. And that was, what, 30 years ago, maybe, when she mm -hmm. played the young Bette Midler character? Yes. CC, CC, I'm not going to remember Bette Midler character's name, but she did say that she came in pretty much as herself and a lot of others came in with dyed red hair and what have you now she got the role now the opposite one is when valerie harper uh auditioned for rhoda morgenstern on mary tyler moore again you guys mm -hmm. may be a little young for this but on her first okay. audition people were saying no 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 valerie you're really much too beautiful for that role and then she came in for a second interview with a frumpy overcoat you know hair all over and that's how she got the role so i don't know yes. if you want to well no it, it actually that. It's, it actually goes right along with my point because that was her second audition. So they already got a sense of who she was. Okay. They could tell who she was, right? And they could tell like, she has the chops for this. But mm. physically, if we could see you a little more kind of rugged, <laughs> then that pops. But, but still at the forefront, they had to know who she was and if she was even capable on the acting side to handle that, right? So perfect example, I was doing Danny in the Deep Blue Sea, played yes. the role of Roberta. One of the craziest, most intense roles I've ever played. And my director, so, so my friend um, Jay Bailey and I, we put this on, like we had the idea for it. We got it produced. We hired a director and my director was like, you know, I, I, same thing like he he saw me do the scenes he's like you know you're so good you're so great but you know you're almost too pretty for this and i was like well just just give me a let me do it just watch you know <laughs> and as time went on we, we we changed things here and there physically but at the forefront me coming in as myself he knew that i could play this role so i still think it always goes back to ground level be yourself, be confident in that person. And even if it doesn't make you fit the bill of that role, trust me, when someone, I know this from being uh, assistant to the choreographer, Jerry Mitchell, when I did Pretty Woman, and I had the honor of sitting behind the table and watching people come in an audition. And you know it from a second when someone walks in a room, when they're putting it on and when they are authentic and genuinely themselves and there is such a clear shift and to me nothing is better when that when that person walks in and they're like this is who i am this is what i do take it or leave it but i'm going to show you what i got right? right if you don't like it you can go fuck yourself that's right well david actually has a question um just just with figuring out like how how did you make this transition what what made you want to become a communication coach was was not a pandemic pivot it was actually a before the pandemic pivot okay i had uh pretty woman closed august of 2019 and at that time i decided i was i wanted to do my my one woman show in new york city i had only done it in la so i did that in september and i had started writing my book while doing Pretty Woman. So I would be on stage and then the amazing crew would let me use their office and I would be in my five inch hooker heels and a wig and costume and five pounds of makeup and writing my book in between scenes. Wow. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's when it, the book started. So I knew that I was ready for like a, a chapter change in my life. And I knew that there was like a, an, another calling. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew that it had to do with communication because I've always been obsessed with good communication. I come from an Italian American family. Yep. We all sit around Salud. the table, <laughs> right? Salud. Yep. We, we, we yep. eat, we drink, we argue, we laugh, but nonetheless, we connect through our communication. So I knew that I wanted to do something. I didn't know exactly what. And then I saw a advertisement by Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi, and they were uh, having this course called the Knowledge Broker Blueprint. And my husband and I were on vacation in Mexico, and we set the time in our calendar to go back to our room the final night to watch this video where they talked about the course. And I kept saying to my husband, like, I want to start my own business, but I don't freaking know. Like, I've been a professional actress my whole life. Like, I, I don't know how to start a business. I just need the structure. Mm -hmm. And this course is what gave me that structure. I did it. I'm a great student. Like, I love I love learning. And every day for like six weeks, I got up, did the lessons, did the homework, implemented, and I became a coach. And it just happened to be right when the shutdown happened. So most people think it's like, oh, you did this because, you know, everything shut down. I said, no, actually it was before. Like I, I made the decision before and I just did it. I, I jumped head first, full out. And as I teach my clients, you know, I, I think the lesson in that is that imperfect action is the way to go. Yeah. We often hold ourselves back and we think like we have to have everything figured out before we make a move and everything has to be perfect and in alignment before we take a step. And it's like, no, mm -hmm. take the step. Right. And then the confidence gets built through showing yourself that you can act in spite of fear you can do before you're ready. And I just kept I'm still learning every day. Oh my God, there's so much to learn. There's so much to grasp. It's like some days I'm like, I can't even believe I'm doing this. Like I'm doing a PowerPoint presentation. I've never done this in my life. Wow. Like crazy things. But does, does that ever, does that ever, does that ever become so overwhelming? You know, yes. like how do you, how do you deal with that? And how do you, how, how do you, in what do you tell your clients? and how to deal with that overwhelming sensation and fear. And let me tell you something, everyone goes through it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I tell my clients all the time. I teach this course called Connecting on Camera, and it's all about how to help individuals just bring their real selves to the video, whether it's for Zoom meetings, whether it's for their businesses, whatever the case is, we all must learn this skill of being able to communicate through the camera. And the first part of, I teach like it's the, my five power P's and the first power P is push past what's holding you back. And what I tell them all the time is that four words are some of the most powerful words that the human spirit can hear. You are not alone. And okay. when we're feeling overwhelmed and when we're feeling scared, we often feel like we're the only one. It's just me. Everyone else has it figured out, but me. And the truth is we all go through the overwhelm. We all go through the struggle, the days where you're like, I'm done, I'm done, I'm quitting. This is not for me. But you pick yourself back up when you understand that it's part of it. It's okay. part of the process. And especially as an entrepreneur, 
oh my goodness, every day, like, um, I'm in this great accountability group and we had this like meme going around where it's like life of an entrepreneur. And it's like, oh my God, life is a great, what am I doing with my life? Oh my God, I feel so good today. I don't know what the hell I got into this for. And it's like this <laughs> constant roller coaster. Mm -hmm. So when you're aware that you're not alone, number one, and number two, that you've done harder things in your life than what you're doing at the moment, it helps you to push through those hard points. Yes, amen, because I actually, I have this, so I have a few things on my wall. Oh, Howard, go ahead, sorry. Oh, I just, if I can, Renee, I just wanna ask you a couple of quick things about communication itself. And I don't know if this is a um, non sequitur here, but a number of years ago, I went to a Dale Carnegie course and I learned like four things. First of all, it was at a CPA meeting and the gentleman was standing alone. Now, I really wanted to go up and say, I'm Howard Tucker, and I never uh, failed after this, but he went to the stage and he gave, he was the host and he said, shame on all of you. You never came up and introduced yourself to me. Now, another thing, and these, this is what I gleaned. I mean, it went on for maybe an hour, but one of them was say thank you to people. That's the worst thing you can do and not say thank you. Another one was don't interrupt people. The third one is, and this, this is funny, and David and Gia have heard this before, look for free information from people if you really wanna start a conversation. And the example that they gave, and you guys have heard this a number of times, if you see someone that's left-handed, you go up to them, oh, I see you're left-handed. What challenges does that present you in everyday life? And the funny story on this, and I don't know if you know Catherine Sanneman, she's a very big Jersey Boys fan. Anyhow, um, one night we, um, I, I can't remember, I think it was after Next to Normal, we all went to Junior's and her daughter was left-handed. And I really figured I would start a conversation. And her name was Samantha. And I said, so Sam, the same thing, you're left-handed, what challenges does that present? And then she went on for about a half hour. Well, I can't use the scissors well. I'm, uh, I, I'm awkward at the batting cage and the right-handed desks are difficult. So just a few comments that I know on communication. Um, and never well, I would love to show you this because I feel like you would appreciate it. Um, there, I have a few like just different, very low budget reminders that I put on <laughs> my wall just like last year during the pandemic. Oh, yeah, and yeah, no, but it's good, you know, but one of the main things that I had, which you said was, you know, if, if you did something once, you can do it again and even better. So thank you for, for bringing up the fact that you have to just, just start. Like there is so much just truth start. In that people don't, and that's what makes people want to actually work with you because especially in the corporate world or wherever, yeah. everyone just feels like a robot. It's like, no, like, tell me like, what what pisses you off what like, like what's one thing that that happened to you that you never wanted money to do with like I, I love those kinds of questions usually one of the hardest things to do whether you're writing speaking it's learning how to trim the fat and really edit it down so do you also teach people how to find the key information and, yes. and of course have details but finding the right yes ones. so first of all when speaking on camera let's just use that mm -hmm. The, the biggest, uh, one of the biggest issues that people face is they're like, I don't know what to talk about. And then they write a paragraph word for word. And then they think they're going to memorize that and go on camera and say it all. Mm -hmm. And what I teach is that our brain, especially when the camera goes on and we're feeling that energy, it's easy to forget. 
And we need something that's just going to trigger our brain quickly. So bullet points are so powerful. Mm -hmm. Bullet points and a post-it. And you put that bad boy next to the lens right under it. That way it's one or two words that trigger you to say, oh my goodness. And I was going to talk about chocolate ice cream. Most people have attention spans that are like yay big. Exactly. Because Brits. Yes. We, we are, we are accustomed to getting our information quick. We're looking at our cell phones. We have a million tabs open. People are like task switching. So if you're going to speak and, and tell a story, it's so important to trim that fat and know what are the points I need to get to? What is the, the point of me even sharing this and yes. simpler, the better, right? It's always, it's always way simpler than we think. Mm-hmm. simpler, the better, the, the shorter, the better. Well, thank you for your three minute tip. I think that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I totally agree. It really does depend on the medium. And I yes. think what's, what's great now is that no, cause with podcasting, right? It's a multi-billion dollar industry. Now this year, at least that was what it was projected from, from last year. And people are craving that long form content, but there still has to be structure. And so, and David and I, yes. honestly, we go through a fine tooth comb, making sure that everything is, is still digestible and you enjoy listening to it. So there's that, but then you also have TikTok, the Rizzle app, and, and it's good to be able to edit and put things together. So I really appreciate the fact that you do both because when you're in your coaching session, you have to explain and elaborate, but you have to get yes. something that like keeps people on there, like, like wanting for you to come back too. So that's wonderful. So thank you. Um, but you're I, so welcome. Yay. I think Howard, Howard has. Oh yeah. Howard, I just wanted, I'm sorry. Thank you. I, no, 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 no. Believe me. No, I just want to make two comments, um, Renee, of um, things that I, I picked up. Uh, Keith Ferrazzi, who wrote uh, Never Eat Alone and Who's Got Your Back? Um, pretty famous communicator. And, um, you know, I had hooked up with him years ago when I was traveling in Red Fast Company and we emailed back and forth. Two things I learned from him, and I think now the Zoom calls have replaced the company-wide conference calls. Well, one thing that I learned is that um, someone, in fact, our president would give a call to hundreds of people. Okay, I'm allowing 10 minutes for questions and answers. Any questions? And total silence. Now, what I learned from Keith is that if you can ask an intelligent question to start out with, you become a little bit of a celebrity. And um, not only did that help me, but it came and I we've gone through, we went through seven presidents while I was at Bank of America. So but what they, they really appreciated what I did. And then she, they would sometimes go through me or my boss and say, could Howard ask a question? And then I would ask, how would you like to start out? Is there a question you'd like me to direct? And that was, that was really good. The ability to ask a question in a clear and concise way is also really important. Yes. You can't forget about that. Like I'm doing, I'm actually um, putting on a summit uh, for my book and it's called the Becoming a Master Communicator Summit, and I'm interviewing. And I had my first interview last week, and it was amazing, but I learned so much because being able to ask the question in a concise yet clear way is difficult. Very. Because we all want to explain ourselves, right? We want to explain, 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 explain. And sometimes that can make the the person on the other end actually more confused. So to learn how to figure out the meat of the question and how you're going to ask it and deliver it in a really clear way is, is a really powerful skill. Yes. it's an art. And so 
obviously this is a Jersey Boys podcast. <laughs> you played Mary Delgado. Is that correct? It's 100%. Yes. 100%. You played you played Mary Delgado on Broadway. You played Mary Delgado on tour. Well, you did the tour first. You were the Universal Swing and then you then you did the tour as Mary and then you did Broadway, right? Yes. As Broadway. Yep, so as I was Mary. I was Universal Swing for 6 months. One year on the road, the national tour as Mary, and then Broadway, Mary. And then the movie. Then the movie. Yes. You know, being a, a, you know, communication coach, obviously there were a lot of communication problems between Frankie and Mary. And, uh, you know, I was talking about this with Gia today. Uh, You know, Tommy calls Mary type A. You know, um, uh, you know, uh, real easy. Get him jump right into bed with you, and then you know, <laughs> bust your balls. So, yeah. but, but you know, it, it, type A. You know, they go out and they get what they want. But, I mean, for 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 all all the lack of talking that they did, do you think Mary got what she wanted in the end? And how do you think as a communicator looking back on your time in the show and in the movie, how could things maybe have turned up differently? Oh, such a good question. I love that. The answer is absolutely not. She did not get what she wanted in the end, because in the end, I believe that she wanted the happy marriage. She wanted to have her family together. She wanted to love herself more, right? And I always say communication, the most important communication, number one, starts first with yourself. And think about it. Mary was drinking. Mm -hmm. Mary wasn't communicating with herself. She was masking, which so many people do, right? Drinking, eating, gambling. So she wasn't in that honest communication with herself first. And then she was in such anger right? It was so much of their fights were coming from ego, which is not coming from your real self, which is not authentically communicating. So the two of them were not master communicators, if you will. Mary was, you know, she, she was so good at like poking at Frankie where it hurt. And Frankie was so good at being like, ah, 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 like pushing her away. And that doesn't make for a, for a strong conversation, right? Even in their, in their breakup scene, it's like, boy, she goes for the jugular, you know, she knows how to get him. And that is not healthy communication. That is coming from a place of pure anger, pure, um, uh, tit for tat instead of if just say they, they were Mary and Frankie were, were sitting down to a healthy conversation, a, a, a healthy marital disagreement, they would sit and First and foremost, they would both be listening and listening to hear and not to reply. And that's what, I mean, just look at our world right now. Nobody's listening to each other. Everyone's listening to just win the argument. So to answer your question, it would be extremely different of an outcome if they actually communicated. But also at the end of the day, I think what's meant to be happened right i i'm such a firm believer what's meant for you will not miss you if they were meant to stay together they would have but whether they stayed together or not i don't think is the uh important part of this question i think it's 
could they have coexisted better? And the answer is absolutely. Right. For the full Jersey Boys experience, head to the YouTube page Silhouettes JB Podcast for an exclusive movie commentary where Renee Marino broke down all of her scenes in the movie. You won't want to miss this. What do you have to say to people? Because I've been dealing with this for too long. Where I went to hang out with my friend and she has a lot of things that she needs to go go through. And I'm usually the person she confides in, which of course I'm there for her. Absolutely. I hung out with her for eight hours and she did not ask me how I was doing at oh, all. That's it was tough. just her all day. Well, do you have any recommendations like for people just to be more aware of what they're doing in a conversation or how to bring up the fact like, hey, by the by yourself yeah by the by exactly ask me how I was yes and I actually I I actually had a friend like that and it really really would bother me so much because I would just be like right how are you not seeing this like right like how I I don't understand Mm -hmm. and I believe that the best way to deal with something like that is to address it because Mm -hmm. this is what I say and I talk about this in the book but Sometimes we have to be a mirror for other people. We have to be what I call a spiritual mirror, Mm -hmm. especially when we love someone and you have to hold it up to them so they can see the reflection of their actions, of what they're doing. Because oftentimes a person like that is so caught up in their own story, their own world, their own head, that they really aren't thinking about you or your needs or, or the eight hours that you've spent Mm -hmm. with them. So especially being someone that's close to you, I always think like, I would want someone to tell me if I'm being rude or like I said something that offended you, I would want you to tell me that. And in the same, in the same vein, it would be great to be like, Hey, so-and-so I just want to like, I just want to let you know, I love you. And I know you love me, but I just want to bring this up to you because I think it's important for you to recognize, like I've been here with you for eight hours and you've not asked me how I'm doing once like this this is important for you to recognize because this could be part of the problem that you're dealing with in your other relationships right are you even are you (laughs) recognizing that they're in the room at the end of the day no one can fault you for being upfront and honest and I know for me with my friends like the people closest to me in my life I want you to be honest with me like don't that's like letting someone like walk out in the street with something in their teeth and you don't tell them. It's like, you better tell me. <laughs> well, yeah. well, and, and I'm so sorry if we need to be asking you advice and putting our problems on you. Like, no, I love to help. This is, listen, <laughs> this is part of what I do. And I, and I love being able to help in this way. This is why I wrote the book because I'm right. like, this is, you know, the, the, so the subtitle of the book is called balancing a new school technology with old school simplicity. Right. And the ah, perfect the main reason I wrote this book is because what I've recognized is society in a societal sense, we are all so addicted to our phones and our, our computers and our this and our that, that we're forgetting about those more old school ways of communicating, having an actual conversation in person, picking up the actual phone to your ear or being able to bring your real self to a video communication, right? Or writing a handwritten letter. And by letting these ways go to the wayside, we're 
causing a lot of issues in our relationships because as we all know, you can't read tone through a text. Emails get lost in the spam folder. And then what? There's miscommunication, you have issues. And instead of saying, you know what? I'm gonna pick up the phone and talk to my friend about it. We just keep texting. So that was the whole, the main reason for me writing this book because I noticed this, this problem happening and a need for people to be able to get back to this like authentic way of communicating and knowing the right time to use technology in your communication and the right time to put your damn smartphone away and just have a direct conversation. Ooh, love it. And when does it come out? So it comes out, you guys, this is really exciting. Um, tomorrow... Oh my god. I'm revealing my book cover. Ah! Stay tuned. But ebook, it will be out October 5th and in bookstores January 25th, 2022. Oh, and are you gonna are you gonna have some book signings? Oh yes, of course. Go to in person. Yes, yes, yes. Tell me something. One other thing, and I remember this to this day when Valerie Harper came out with her book, I Rota. So a few years ago. And, um, you know, she must have had some time, but I had asked for an autographed copy and I received the copy and then her representative actually, and I can't remember how it came about, but he actually called me and I spoke to her for a little while. I had seen Tallulah on Broadway, but I, I don't think she remembered who I was, but, but it was just very nice. It was a very brief conversation, but it was just very nice to speak to somebody. And yeah, I've gone to a bunch of book signings. Oh, and let me tell you too, on the interviews, I, I don't know if you're going to do, um, there, there is a writer um, similar to James Patterson, not James Patterson, but I, I know his name now. And I've gone to several of his, um, not only book signings, but he has sort of a little audience at uh, Barnes and Noble in New York. And I actually have gotten in touch with him. And I, you know, I, I won't give away the first name. I'll tell you privately if you like. But I got in touch with him and I said, do you want me to ask a question? What question would you like to ask? similar to what I did, um, you know, in the bank conferences. And he did email me back because you do get a lot with, does anyone have a question? And everybody is hesitant to ask the first one. So anyway, um, yeah, good. I got to know, I got to see your book signing. So then we'll yes, get I'll let you guys know. I will let you know once I have all that squared away. Absolutely. Yes, please do. We'll be there. Awesome. Um, so thank you so much for everything that you do, Renee, and for helping people connect on camera and just with each other in general, because public speaking is the number one fear in the United States at, yes. at any capacity. So you are yes. helping people really oh. come into themselves. And, and, and I just thank, thank you. you so much. I want, want to make one other comment too, based on this whole session with you, Renee. We the session. <laughs> but frankly, frankly, you do know how to listen. You know, you let me speak without interrupting me and cutting me off. And um, and that, you ever go to a doctor's office? Usually you go to a doctor and they give you maybe maybe 15 seconds. Um, but but thank you for that. You do know how to listen. And you spoke about that earlier in this session. And it was great, coach. When is my next appointment? <laughs> I love you guys. You guys are such great clients. I mean, you're kind of like dream clients. So thank you. Aww. This was seriously so much fun for me. And thank you for letting me go down memory lane. Um, Jersey Boys holds such a special place in my heart. You have no idea. I love my Jersey Boys family so much. 
my my Broadway family and my film family. It was just like honestly one of the greatest periods of my life doing the show and doing the film. And and you know something, Renee? I think G and David are well, you've you've got a few years in too, if you want, but I've got a few years on you. And for me too, it was totally unexpected and really one of the best 15 years of my life. And it's funny when I wrote for the blog, my 15 minutes of fame have turned into 15 years of fame. So, so yes. thank you. <laughs> it's true. Well, so Renee, thank you so much. And now we're famous. I'm trying to be there. Everyone go follow Renee Marino yes. official on Instagram. Go to her website, ReneeMarino.com. It's a beautiful website, all, by the way. Beautiful thank, website. Yeah, thank you so much. Are you on Facebook as well? Yes. Coach Renee Marino. Coach Renee Marino. Check out all that she has to offer. Sign up for her session. Sign up for her coachings. She is as you as you will have seen an amazing amazing person amazing human being and uh asalu asalu said lakhayam lakhayam lakhayam